On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Love, Identity, and Purpose will invite you on a journey in discovering your unique identity. Welcome to Love, Identity, and Purpose. Uh, this is our last session, and I uh, just want to do a little review. We've been talking about love, identity, and purpose, how important it is. Uh, as I've stated nearly every time I've, I've opened a session, I cannot overemphasize how important it is to know the love of the Father, to know your identity in Christ, and the purpose of which God created. And so, in this particular session, we're going to talk about understanding further understanding God's given purpose. But I want to go back, and I want us to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, I, there's so many passages of Scripture that, that I, I love, but this is one that I think captures so much of what we're talking about, love, identity, purpose. I'm sure you'd be glad I'm not going back to Romans 8, 15 through 17, which I've repeated in just about every session. This is verse 17 of chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So right off, what, he, what Paul is saying is, look, if you're in Christ, so the question is, are you in Christ? If you're in Christ, then you're a new creation. What that really means is, is that you're, you're going to have to think differently. You are a different person. You're not the same old person. That speaks of love and identity, and and again, you've got to you've got to train your your thinking to be different. I don't I don't think like the old, don't act like the old. I'm not the old. I'm a new creation. Now, again, what it very clearly says is there's a process here where old things are passing away, all things are becoming new, and so how do we get that new? Through the Word. You have to go back to the Word. Verse 18 says, "Now all things are of God." all things, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So when we talk about purpose, again, we were talking about last time, we um, the last session, our purpose is to represent God. And here he tells us we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And it says that, that, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and is committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. So what we talked about last week is that our, our purpose is to literally represent God on earth. Just as God was in Christ, as he walked on the earth, reconciling the whole earth to himself, He's now saying, okay, now based on that, now you as a king and a priest, as an ambassador, you're, you've got the same job. The same job that Jesus did, that's the job that we have. So that's our purpose. Our purpose is to represent heaven. Our purpose is to do the will of the Father. Verse 21 says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So again, the, this position of identity defines our purpose. I'm a child of God. As a joint heir with Jesus, I'll now come into alignment with God, and I do exactly what Jesus did, do the will of the Father. I'm here to represent Him on earth. I keep saying that because so much of the time uh, we've grown up in church where we've been 
you know, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait to, you know, when Jesus is coming. Well, before that, and I'm looking forward to all that, but before that, we get to represent him here. And so very, very important to recognize that everything is about him. Everything is for him. Now, let me just read this passage in Colossians. Um, I love this passage too. Come to think of it, I love all these passages. I keep saying they're my favorite. This is Colossians 1, verse 15 and 16. He is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible, invisible, where the thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. I mean, talking about mindset, talking about getting your mind around, look, everything's about God. Everything. Everything is about what? His plan, his purpose, everything was created for him, through him. It exists because of Jesus. He was, Jesus is the express image of the Father. So he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The point of reading this is we got to recognize it. It doesn't, you know, I keep, you know, we keep thinking of what I want to do. And I have people say, what do you want to do when you grow up? Or what do you, what do you reveal in your heart? And what is your desire? First and foremost, it, we got to come in alignment with what is God's desire. He created us. Everything was created for him. Everything. And so our job is to say, Lord, what, what is your purpose? Now, we've, we've talked about this again from the beginning, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. But the bottom line is the verse 28 says, blessed, he blessed man and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion over the fish of the, the sea and the birds of the air and everything that creeps on the earth. Clearly, to me, that was God's original plan for man. We talked about it at the very beginning of love, identity, and purpose. We were created with the purpose was to represent him on earth. We were created in his image, which talks about love. We were created in his likeness, which talks about identity. But the purpose was that we'd be fruitful. That means personally that we'd multiply, that's talking about the family unit, that we would fill the earth, that's really the church role of making disciples, subdue and have dominion. Those are warfare terms. That, that means there is something in opposition already. So when Adam was sent to the garden to tend the garden, there was already something there that he needed to subdue and have dominion over. And of course, we know that the enemy was there. So the point of going back here is that God's original plan for us was to represent him. Adam was to represent God on earth. He was to tend the garden. We have a garden, and the garden today is not a plot of ground with the peas and green beans and potatoes growing in it. Our garden today are the people that God has put us around, family members, loved ones, people we go to church with, people we work with people we live next door to, people we come in contact with. So our garden, he has given to us. And as we talked about the last session, being a king and a priest, we represent heaven. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I, I am carrying the very presence of God by the power of the Spirit, and I'm supposed to represent him on earth. And that's really what God has called us to do. Now, I know everybody knows this verse, this passage. This is Matthew uh, chapter 
uh, 28, the very end, 18 through 20. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Now, I don't know how you can get out of the fact that that's the direct command. That's not, okay, guys, if you feel like it, this is what you need to do. Or if you may say, well, I, I'm, I'm waiting. No, it says go. He didn't say pray about going. He said go. Go make disciples. And uh, that's what he's told us to do. So again, when we're talking about purpose, I'm a king and a priest, and I'm an ambassador for Christ. What do I do? I'm a minister of reconciliation, and I'm to represent heaven, and I'm to go and make disciples. Now, that's clear in Scripture. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, let me continue on. When Jesus started his earthly ministry, uh, we know that he was water baptized, and then he went out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After his temptation, it says he returned in the power of the Spirit, and then he goes into the synagogue, and he picks up what we now know is Isaiah 61, and he reads his job description, which is found in Luke 4, 18 and 19. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It says that when he finished that, he gave the scroll back to the attendants. He sat down, and then I don't. In verse twenty-one, he says, "He says all his eyes were fixed upon him." He says, "Today, this is your this is fulfilled in your hearing." So he clearly says, "This is my job description." Okay, as we've said before, Jesus modeled for us what the Father wanted done on earth. He showed us what does it look like to be a man empowered by the Spirit living in relationship to Father, what does it look like to carry out his purpose, which is our purpose, be a representative of heaven, be a king and a priest, be an ambassador, be one of those that goes and makes disciples. And this is what Jesus did. Part of the ministry, though, is that he also commissioned, he also said, I'm here to heal the sick. I am here to proclaim liberty to the captives. Uh, I'm here to preach deliverance to those that are oppressed. I am here to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm here to heal the brokenhearted. He does that too. So that's also our ministry. So again, what I'm talking about is our purpose is that we represent heaven. That's what we get to do. Now, all disciples that Jesus had, he commissioned to go do the same thing. Uh, Matthew 10, verse 1, and then 7 and 8. When he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Clear the instructions to those 12 were what to do. And people will say, well, you know, <clears throat> there were the 12 but what about us today? Well, in Luke chapter 10, he commissioned 70 others. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Heal the sick, say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. 
So my point of sharing this is that this Jesus, this is Jesus's ministry. This is what it looks like to be a king and a priest on the earth, because Jesus modeled that for us. He exercised his authority. Remember, he said he has authority, exercised his authority over demons and sickness, and he represented again heaven. That was when we pray for his kingdom to come, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. He is expressing what that looks like. And then he told his disciples to do the same thing. He told the 70 to do the same thing. So that's our plan. That's God's plan for us. Uh, His purpose for us, represent him. His purpose is for us to be a king and a priest. His purpose is for us to, to go make disciples. His purpose is for us to do the works that Jesus did. So you want to know what you were designed to do? That's what you're designed to do. Now, I want to shift, and, and I, I, this is not the purpose of this teaching, but I want to talk about God's specific plan for your life. One more time. First and foremost, we were called to represent God. We were called to represent Christ on earth. We have been given an assignment to represent him, to look like Christ, to act like Christ, to do what Jesus did, to be a king, to be a priest, to be an ambassador, to be a minister of reconciliation, to go make disciples, to do what Jesus did. So that's first and foremost. So I just I emphasize that again, that's what God has called us to do. But the reality is, is that we're all different. Now, this is uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. It says that the body is one, but it has many members. And all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. And what he's saying is, in 1 Corinthians 12, is that there's only one body. Jesus is the head of that body. But if you look at my physical body, there are lots of parts to my physical body. All of those parts work together to create me, who God wants me to be. But there's still lots of parts. My fingers are different than my liver. and My, uh, my skin's different than my toes. So all these parts work together. So God has created us different. We are different. Uh, We look different. Uh, We have different sizes and shapes. We have different abilities and skills. We have all all kinds of things. Say again, our primary purpose is to represent Christ. So regardless of the shape, the size, color of our skin, skills or ability, all of us are to do the same thing. That's to represent Christ. Regardless of job or career, or whatever we call our profession, or whatever we do, we still represent Christ. It doesn't matter. It's not an issue of one's better than another. My body parts are all important. And if you ever had a body part that doesn't work, you realize how important that part is. But listen, we all work together. We Everybody is important, and we need each other. Absolutely imperative that we need each other. And we are different. God created us. He loves the difference. He loves the snowflakes that are different. He loves the fingerprints that are different. He loves the the diversity. So, yes, we have been created, and God wants us to help discover the uniqueness of why we were created different. Why am I the way I am? Why I live where I live? Why do I? All those things are very, very important. As long as they're, they're not greater than the reality of we already been given a purpose to represent heaven on earth. That, I keep going back there because 
what we have a tendency to do is we get focused on my gifting, my talent, my education, my skills, my ability, and it's all about me. No, it's all about him. It's not about me, it's about him. He created me to represent him on earth. So I keep going over and over that because it's so, so very, very important. Uh, Bill Johnson explains it this way. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you're walking in love, healing the sick, casting out demons, cleansing the lepers. Be a teacher. If you want to be a teacher, then teach. But heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. You want to be married, then get married. But heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Point being is that don't put what we do and what we've discovered higher than what we were already created to do. We were created to represent him on earth. So I've said that enough. But the point is, is that, yes, we're different. Creed is different. We've got different skills. Now, here's a little deal. Years ago, a person told me this to just a sort of a quick little guide to help us sometimes to discover really what's what's going on in our lives and what the uniqueness that God has created us. Now, there are a lot of spiritual gift tests. There's lots of profiles that you can do, and I encourage you to do those also. But this is something that you should be able to remember. Five things. Number one, who's in your heart? Is there a people group that's in your heart? Some people will say, I just love elderly people. Some people say, well, I love babies. Some people will say, well, I really love uh, you know, poor people or I love you know, disabled people, whatever. If there are people group is in your heart, that you, if typically speaking, if there is, it's because God put it there. Number two, what skills, talents, education, experience, I mean, we can go on and on and on, training, what, what do you have? God doesn't waste anything. Uh, he feeds 5,000 men, and they pick up 12 basketfuls of food. It's like, uh, what? I mean, if you just fed 5,000, you don't need the extra food they just picked up. No, it's because God doesn't waste anything. So your education, your training is not wasted ever. Even you may say, well, I did this. I don't know why I did that. God didn't waste anything. There's something that he's putting in you and helping you to discover through your education and training and skills and talents. And um, it's clear that, you know, that different people have different skills. Some people can write, some people can't. Some people can sing, some people cannot sing. Some people can play athletics and others cannot. They make one better than another. It's just different. We need to recognize that. Third thing is, is what interest do you have? You just burn and desire to do something there's just something that you have know, always wanted to do this. This is, I want to be a fireman. I wanted to be a policeman. I wanted to be uh, a teacher. I wanted to be whatever. The, those are things that usually God puts in you that you through. It may come through some family members, but a lot of times it's what God puts in you. The fourth thing is, have you got any personal words? It's just, you know, I feel like that I read the word and something just jumped off the page. Or maybe you had a dream. Maybe you had a vision. Maybe you've had a reoccurring thing that's happened in your life that it's like, you know, I just think that's for me. That helps you when you put all these together. It helps sort of flow together and gives you a design of how God created you. And then the fifth thing is, have you ever received a prophetic word? Has somebody ever spoken over you? Um, we don't have to call it prophecy. Somebody may have just said, you know, I see you this, or I, I believe this about you. Those things, if you think about those things in your life, will help give you clarity as far as really the direction 
that maybe God has given to you. Now, with that said, let me go back. All of that is to help you see yourself as a, as a design of God. God created all things, and that design is to help you to do what? Carry out your big purpose of representing God on earth. So that's what we're talking about here. So I want to pray over us. And um, before I do, let me just say again that this, the whole love, identity, and purpose is so important. That my prayer, and we're going to pray here, is that you would have discovered your identity in Christ, that you would begin to realize that I am a unique creation called of God for this time, that he has loved you with an everlasting love to secure you in your new identity, and he has called you to join him in establishing his kingdom on earth. So that's why we call it love, identity, and purpose. It's so important to know that. Storms of life are going to come, but if you're secure in his love, in your identity in him, and his purpose for your life to represent him, then you can stand the storms of life. John 16, 33, Jesus said, In me, you have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. Don't fear, I've already overcome the world. So, very clear, again, in the world, living in this world, there's going to be all kinds of stress and problems and tribulation. But in Christ, there's peace. Well, in him is not just so I feel better. In him is a place of our truest identity, knowing his love and knowing that we join him as an ambassador for Christ. Let's pray. Father, we love you and bless you. And we thank you that you have loved us with an everlasting love. You've given to us everything that pertains to godliness. You've blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Lord, you've given to us everything there is. You gave us yourself. So I pray, Lord, as we close out, love, identity, and purpose, that you'd never let us, never depart from your love. That it would continue to grow, and that revelation of your love and your majesty would continue to increase in our lives. That, Lord, the the design, our, our, our identity, our being in you would help us just to continue to develop that new creation reality in us. And Lord, we're not the old fixed, patched up, but we're a new creation. All things have become new and are becoming new, are becoming part of us. So I pray, Lord, you'd help us to really walk in the fullness of who we are in you. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to understand the purpose you created us for a time such as this. We're not a mistake. We're not here because somebody decided we'd be here. No, we're here because God's design and, and sovereign plan for us to be here to represent him on earth as it is in heaven. So I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, help every one of us to walk in the fullness of love, identity, and purpose. Wow, we're so grateful and thankful for your amazing love that you demonstrated that love when we were still sinners by going to the cross and dying for us. That you've called us into a relationship that, Lord, we're in you. It was your good pleasure that you chose us. You've called us for such a time as this. So help us to discover 
our true identity. Lord, forgive us for believing lies about ourselves and ask, Lord, you would expose those for what they are and you'd help us walk in the truth of your word. And then, Lord, help us to understand that we're here. We're not here to get out. We're here to represent you. We're here. We've been given your presence, your power, and you, Holy Spirit, to live in us, to make disciples, to give ourselves away, to be a king and a priest, to be an ambassador for you. So, Father, I pray, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your amazing love. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I just want to encourage everybody. Thank you for being a part of Love, Identity, and Purpose. It's just been a pleasure on my end. I, I just, I love this. I love the opportunity to share. I love the opportunity to come into your, wherever you may be watching this. But um, let me let me just say this again. Uh, don't just say, I've done this. Let this become real in your life. Go back and listen to it again. Maybe you wait a while, but go back and listen to it again. Uh, if you have the materials that we have available, go back through those materials. But it just is, you don't ever arrive. That's what I want to say. We, we begin this journey of looking like Christ, acting like Christ, and we're going to continue that journey until we see Him. So thank you again for being a part of this. God bless you, and I pray that you really be everything that God wants you to be. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, Connect to jterrymore.org.